Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Fashion Lab again. Um, my name is Lizzo Gumbo Regisford, and this is obviously where we hold it down every Thursday, 1 to 2 Central African time. It's called the Fashion Lab, and this is where we dissect the business behind fashion. We obviously are the first fashion business radio show to go live in the world with the objective of making sure that um, we can watch and see the industry um, in Africa from a fashion perspective develop and grow and uh, people can go home uh, not broke. So if you're tuning in for the first time, we def- definitely um, have a mission to develop, grow and sustain fashion businesses uh, in the continent. And uh, today I am going to be having a few conversations with some really cool guests. Uh, Morwick is not here, my co-host, to join us today, but we will be joined by our in-house trend analyst, Nicola Cooper, with a trend report. Uh, please feel free to share with us what subject matters you'd like to hear us dissect on the show. You're welcome to also join in to our conversations um, around menswear. So keep your tweets coming at Fashion Lab AF. And also just share with us who are some of your really um, exciting or cool African menswear designers. Um, menswear, one thing I came across, which is quite interesting, is... So there's this brand called uh, Ikire Jones. And Ikiri has produced a new fashion campaign that directly confronts negative assumptions around African refugees. So after the African migration campaign was shot, which he did in Florence, he shot in Florence in Italy. The collection also was debuted on the runway at uh, the Ethical Fashion Initiative, Generation Africa. And it features first time models, which is quite interesting to me, that the company found through a local organization that houses asylum seekers, according to OK Player. So Ikira Jones, uh, creative director, Wale DJ, designed the collection and the campaign features writings that are critical to the fashion world's racist attitudes towards um, African refugees. It's a very interesting article. We'll send out a tweet on it. But um, because of the fact that I'm joined in studio by this beautiful woman who's staring straight into my eyes, <laughs> uh, we've got um, Lean uh, Jasmine in studio. She's a media consultant, me- media fashion consultant. And uh, we're also going to be joined by Elike, Ghanaian fashion designer. We are also going to be joined, obviously, with Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson, where he'll also just be sharing a bit of his insight around what's really going on with menswear. Um, and then we'll just have a kind of fun, full show. And before we get into the show, here's a quick reminder that we obviously have our fun, interesting segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So I'm encouraging you to think about it and share your tweets or share your instas at the end of the show when we share ours. So we're discussing part two menswear. Um, we are joined in studio right now by um, Lean Jasmine, uh, who is our uh, guest, who's also going to be contributing with us a bit. Um, welcome to the show, Lean. Thank you very much, Liz. I'm very happy to be here today. You look lovely. Could you just describe to our audience uh, what you're wearing before we go on? I'm wearing a denim shirt dress. I actually took out the hem at the bottom to fray the edges because it was a bit too plain for me. And then I'm wearing ankle booties um, with a metallic heel and ombre lips. Wow. You look stunning. That's all I can say. I'm wearing a very simple maxi today because I'm feeling maxi lease and uh, that's what's going on. But I like uh, it's a very interesting look what you're you're wearing. I almost feel like you thought about the menswear 
and kind of just threw in one of those um, shirt dresses that just sits so loose, but it still looks so elegant. And obviously you've got a body, you work it, you've got the right attitude and energy for it. So I don't know, not everyone can get away with that type of shirt dress. But before we go into um, our subject matter and really go deep into the show, um, Lynn, what are your thoughts? I mean, when it comes to this collection um, that I was talking about um, from the brand Ikire Jones, uh, what are your thoughts on it? The fact that he's actually come up with a whole collection uh, or campaign that directly confronts the negative assumptions around African refugees. I always think that it's very brave when African designers particularly go out into the rest of the world and take on um campaigns like this it gets the attention of the rest of the world and and it also forces us to have a conversation around these issues that normally people tend to shy away from um the fact that he he uses new faces in his collections that also is pretty admirable because we find that uh nowadays with the PR campaigns and so forth around the collections people want to Use a Kendall Jenner <laughs> so that everybody can talk about it, you know. But I think that it's also, it's great that there's this opportunity because it's, it puts a spotlight on this particular collection so that whoever is scouting or looking for new faces can do that. Right, yeah. But it's definitely very brave. And like you said, I have heard about all these things going on. I've, obviously, we watch news, you tune in and you see what's happening. And it's, I'm not a fan and I'm not actually, it's, it's just been one of those topics and no one's really, I haven't really spoken about it with, with, with my circle of people. And not because, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared, but I'm just like, gosh, where do you even start this conversation? So I think from a fashion perspective, what, uh, Oye DJ is doing is, is very, We've got a clap for him because he's really taken a, a, a stunt and he's really standing up and saying, look, we don't even have to talk about it. We're just going to make this, show you what we are doing around fashion and push out a campaign that will actually just get you to shut up with, with, you know, with your bad intentions. If, of course, you are those people. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's very interesting. I thought this was very exciting. I even looked at some of his work. I think he is one of, uh, the brilliant, definitely on my top 10 um, Af- menswear African designer list. And I'm going to share my top 10 later. And maybe you can also just give me your feedback on what you think. Um, we are um, definitely talking menswear uh, part two. We've got menswear week happening already as we speak in Cape Town, um, which is the second year of menswear week. Um in Africa, and I think it's very brave. We've definitely discussed this and agreed that it's definitely time for the men to step up, and they did. And uh, the menswear is really um, taking everyone and everything by storm. So we're going to be um, obviously maybe talking a bit about some of the designers and some of the work that um, people like Lean are looking forward to seeing. Lean, are you going to be uh, joining the menswear? Um, are you going to be going down to Cape Town for the menswear? I am. I'm flying out this evening, so I'll catch the late shows this evening and then also tomorrow night. Very nice. It'll be nice to get some insight. And who are you looking forward to? Which which designers? Or Do you know or do you just want to go in with a fresh, clean eye? Well, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing what Augustine is going to be doing mm-hmm. um, because they're pretty new and millennial. Uh, I just want to see how they how they match up next to the bigger designers. 
It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So, Jasmine, could you just share with us who you are and what your work uh, entails and uh, just so we can have some insight of, of what you do, what type of work you do within the fashion value chain? Okay, so I am a recent graduate from Condé Nast Fashion College of Design in London. And I do lots of work for especially news agencies around that side. Also here back home, I'm a fashion media consultant and coordinator for fashion brands. And I will be relaunching linjazzy.com during London Fashion Week. Um, Because I went to school there, this is why I am so infiltrated into the scene particularly in London but I never want to step away from South Africa because I really am proudly South African and I let everybody know that wherever I go um, so yeah Lynn Jazzy will be a platform where I just want to connect uh, African designers and bloggers without the continent because we really have so much to say and so much to bring to the table and I think we can really make a difference and bring attention to our continent through fashion because it does make the world go round. Wow, very interesting and good luck um, for your for what you're pursuing and where you're going. Um, how long have you been in the industry? I've been dabbling in the industry for about five years, um, but only really done it seriously maybe for two. It's very cool. We love what you're doing. And like I said, um, you know, we've been trying to get you or to connect with you for a while now. And I think that it's very nice um, to have you on the show today. We want to plug in before we go into more conversation. We want to plug in Echoes from New York. Um, Edgy with uh, Edgy Benson, who's uh, going to be calling in uh, with Echoes from New York. Um, Edgy is definitely a... what I would call a fashion, uh, gosh, he's like a fashion house in his own capacity. Um, Edgy is able to conceptualize collections from, you know, from your little dream in your head to like distribution all the way. Um, we've def- definitely done a lot with him. He's been contributing onto the show as well. Um, and he's, we're going to just kind of pick his mind and see, you know, what his thoughts are about menswear. But before we plug Edgy in, Lynn, what is your take? Where do you think menswear, how how big do you think it's going to be? You know, obviously, this is the only menswear fashion week that's happening um, in the whole continent. Now, do you foresee, what do you foresee? I mean, like, I was assuming, or I even thought that we'd probably have a menswear in Nigeria before anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But what do you foresee with a, with a menswear, um, this movement and this rising? Because it's obviously rising and, and there's only a few cities in the world who actually um, have menswear week, but this is a, a big deal. I think it's a big thing for the continent. Where do you see it going? Well, I think that as of late, generally, men take more interest in investing themselves in innovation and technology and therefore fashion because it ties in with everything. And so we look at the metrosexual that's grown so much and now the Spornosexual and men are more, they, they become more interested in wanting to make sure that they look good all the time. Um, I think that it's, 
impeccable that something like this is happening in South Africa because we do need a credible platform for designers to showcase their work. And also, you know, production and all that also needs to happen. Yeah. I also think that it's amazing that, um, a company like the South African Fashion Council and the Cape Town Fashion Council also get involved because it also amplifies the fact that, you know, it's a credible platform for mm. this to happen. Mm. So I think that it's amazing that we're shining the light here in the South. Um, and it's also important that we keep the quality of the designers involved up there. What are some of your really cool African menswear designers that you've scoped out <laughs> in the continent? I've got my top 10, but I'd love to pick your mind as well, just to see who are you looking, who are you admiring, who are you putting on the top of your radar and, and what's so unique about their offering? Well, I have to say... Um Who's the Asian guy from Cape Town? <laughs> Asian. Yes, Chuanu. I don't know how to say his name. Um, we're going to have to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to Google that. <laughs> anyway, that guy. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm swearing at myself now. Okay. Um, but then other designers that I particularly pay attention to is... Craig Port. Craig Port's been on the scene for a long, long time. Um, and he's done an, done an amazing job at showing us innovative designs. And then also there is, yesterday there was a designer called Martin Kadinda from Tanzania. And I wasn't there, but I watched it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I like that more of the African designers are Integrating designs that steer away from typically African fashion. And not that I have anything against that because, I mean, it's very great to be proud. But in order for us to, to penetrate the rest of the world, we need to do other things beyond that. And so this designer did that for me yesterday. You know who I really think out of my top 10 is also very cool. You've, I don't know if you've heard of Ohema Ohene. And this is the African, uh, inspired fashion brand with a British twist. Very, very cool stuff. His stuff is so tailored. It's so fresh. It's so, it's so fresh. And you know, African print is something I'm running away from because I don't know where to hide myself because I'm obviously guilty of being a, you know, a lover of African print and print and color, mm-hmm. but I just feel like these people or these like designers who've actually abused it. It's been so abused to a point where we have to start looking for new ways to really set yourself apart so that you're not just called an African, African brand with African print, you know, because Afri- when African print is taken away, then what is your aesthetic as a designer? So I definitely think on my top 10, Oheme, Ohema Ohene is, is definitely one of my really cool designers. And Sheldon Kopman from Naked Ape is also for me one of my really cool um, uh, designers as well. Um, definitely, uh, very, very refreshing. I know that with Sheldon's staff, what I really fell in love with for the first time was the leather and how he actually played around with this leather and made it so cool, so fresh, so classic, but yet so wearable, you know? So that's definitely, 
uh, a really cool male designer. Another one is uh, Laduma. Yes. You like his stuff? We love Laduma. We, lo- yes. <laughs> we all love his stuff. <laughs> we all love his stuff. Um, Mina Evans as well from Ghana. I think her stuff is really cool. Um, she's got really cool stuff. Um, Oswald Botting, I know, I know, I know everyone's gonna say it's cliche, but I still think he's the, he's the king of bespoke. I just, I think his stuff is beautiful. It is just, it's beautiful. Um, wow, there's so many African, um, menswear designers. House of Tayo is a new one I came across as well. Um, something very refreshing. We're going to try to also obviously share some of our tweets and just share some pictures so that, um, you can also get to see, uh, who we are talking about and just kind of check what's really cool with them. But in the meantime, I would love to also just, um, hear from you guys. I mean, if you're tuned in, I'm sure you have to have some sort of idea of who you actually like on a menswear perspective, whether it is an African menswear designer or a continental global menswear designer. Share your tweets with us. We're on Fashion Lab AF. Let us know who you think, what you like, what's cool, what's not. Um, as we continue, obviously, we are on part two menswear. And uh, we are going to be plugging plugging in a few minds. Uh, we've definitely got um, Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. We've got uh, our trend report, which is also going to be coming up uh, shortly with Nicola Cooper. We've also got um, uh, Elike, a uh, Ghanaian designer, who we also think is definitely, I think, is on my top 10 list. Um, so, wow. We are going to... Um, just take a quick break and we'll be right back with a trend report from Nicola Cooper. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Here we are again with menswear um, and the rise of menswear um, part two. We are talking to uh, our special guests. We've got Lynn Jasmine in studio. We've also got um, Nicola Cooper coming up with a trend report um, in a few minutes. And we have Edgy Benson uh with Echoes from New York, uh, but he'll, we'll be plugging him live today. Um, Edgy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Liz. How are you? Fine, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I, I, I have been listening in yeah. and just hearing what everybody's saying. I think Lynn is very correct about how men are focused on just their looks a lot more now. And uh, it's it's just a general trend, and it's, it's very nice to see. I think it's so interesting that there's a f- immense fashion week in Johannesburg, in South Africa, while in New York we just had our first men's fashion week. Uh, I mean, it's going on now. It finishes uh, tomorrow. It finishes today, actually, and it's a lot smaller. So it's 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 really it's it's a very proud thing to to know that in South Africa. Or in Africa, we're pushing menswear that 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 hard. Edgy, hold on. Did you just say that yours in New York is a lot smaller? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you're joking, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, we have a huge menswear market, but we don't really have this. Um, you know, it's not like we have this big menswear week like you like you have it. I mean, we have like a menswear buyers week. We have, but we're not. I mean, it's very cool that in Africa you have this dedicated men's men's fashion week. I mean, that's that's huge. So, congratulations to Simon Denner and the plan and the people behind him uh, for coming up with this um, brilliant platform where we can actually throw in all the menswear designers and say, "Here, tell the world and show the world what you're doing." 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, what yeah. were some of your highlights? What were some of the highlights from New York for the from the New York Menswear Week? Oh, well, was it a day? Was it a week? Was it like? Uh, there were like it's 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 four days, um, but it's 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 smaller. I mean, I mean the, the collections are of course uh, pretty big, but you know it's not like so now for Fashion Week, the, the general Fashion Week, there's a lot of promotion going. There's a lot of activity there's everybody knows that's what's going on you know but uh, there's not that uh, commensurate uh, amount of uh, hype for the the, the men's uh, men's show you know so that's the difference i think what they, what they've done in south africa is a very program for men that is fantastic and what are, um edgy with your work obviously because you conceptualize a lot of collections um what uh, what are some of the menswear brands that you're working on this year? This year, actually, we are doing um, a very small menswear line, but it's very it's very telling in terms of where menswear is going because we're doing this line called Better Unit. Mm-hmm. It's not out in the market yet, but we're still conceptualizing it. But the the, the lines are very uh, it's, there's a, a very a huge Japanese influence on, on the line. Um, the silhouettes are very slim. Uh, we're doing streetwear, but it's very upscale, very tailored uh, streetwear. And this is where menswear is going. There's a lot of tailored looks in menswear, slimmer looks. Uh, I mean, we, we have some androgyny this, this season uh, where there are a lot of boxy silhouettes that are mirrored both in men and, 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 and the women. But by and large, the men's collections from the lower levels or the medium levels like Topshop and Zara all the way to the big guys are very slim, um, b- body-conscious lines, very preppy looks. And um, even even when I look at what's going on in Africa, we're not far at all in terms of what the African menswear guys are doing. Uh, the looks are fantastic. They're very competitive with what we're doing here. So can we just also say, just to add on to that, that actually there might, there might be no hope for the bigger man? Because obviously with the slim cats, you know, becoming... Don't... <laughs> Lynn's laughing. Uh, slim cats becoming more popular and popular on the runways and becoming more trendy means that what, what will the bigger guys wear? Well, you have to understand fashion is aspirational. And our aspiration is to look well and and eat well. And fashion just wants us to push us, wants to push us in that direction. You know, uh, I'm sure for the bigger guys, of course, there are things, but I'm sure they too are aspiring to wear something that fits well, something. You know, I don't think that everybody wants to walk around and see their stomachs in front of them. I think we're all <laughs> trying. We're all aspiring to look better and to fit. Edgy, Ed- sometimes it's genetic, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, this conversation, we might have to take it somewhere else. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that. But I'm saying that, again, fashion is aspirational. Fashion is saying, this is how I can make you look. So mm. come on board. And I think... Everybody does why. What are some of your uh, admired or sought after or um, some of the designers, menswear designers in the continent that you actually are just like, OMG, this is the best thing that happened to menswear? To be honest with you, for menswear in Africa, quite honestly, I haven't 
been looking in terms of what would I wear. I've been looking more like just observing what they are doing. And today, just listening to you guys, I went back to look at um, this guy's line that you were talking about, um, Erica Jones, or I think that's the name. Erica. And I, yeah, and I went back, Erica Jones, I went back to look at that collection. And quite honestly, it's, it's fantastic. Just like we looked at the collection before, uh, the, the menswear collection before that you had, um, you know, this, these lines are great. The lines are fantastic. It's the way menswear is. So we are absolutely competitive. Which is good. Yeah, we are quite competitive. Hi, Edgy. It's Linya. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm definitely going to call you up when I get to New York. Absolutely. absolutely. I wanted to ask, are there any African designers showcasing at the Menswear Week in New York? And either way, how um, how does the market there receive designs coming from the side of the world? I didn't look to see if there were African designers showing. I just wanted to have like a general palette of what's going on, a general idea of what's going on in terms of silhouettes and fabrics and, you know. Um, in terms of how the market perceives what's coming out of Africa, I, I don't think the market perceives what's coming out of Africa any differently. Uh, right now the market is so broad and people are free to look everywhere Um so African designers who have collections that reflect well would do very well, quite honestly, because I think from a talent point, they are really good. And maybe we don't have the same exposure to, to technology in terms of fabrics and, and, and production. Uh, but in terms of design, we are pretty good. Okay. And, you know, Go ahead, Edgy. And also in terms of the fabric, I, I, do, I do think that we have a a heavier, a heavier than necessary in, uh, I mean, concentration on, on prints, uh, which makes it very difficult for us to, to sell outside of Africa because you have to be so Afrocentric to buy some of these clothes. But we have to be able to hint at Africa so that we can sell it across the world instead of just like, like we don't, we don't want to occupy the world. We want to infiltrate the world a little bit with Africa. But when you go with all these prints, you almost, I mean, it's so occupational that I think that people would just, it's, it's a bit of a shock for people. <laughs> Sorry. But the designs are great. But I think that's you, you, you know what I want to add on is like, it, it's shocking to them because everything in Africa is very colorful as well. But you know, I guess people adapt, you know, and I'm sure they will get used to us, but we also agree with you that it's nice to, uh, come in a bit, uh, slowly and softer just so that we don't shock everyone and they end up running away. So we need their business and we care about what they care about mm -hmm. and we care about them looking suave and fresh. So yeah, but Edgy, I'm gonna take you up on. You have to have a top ten list of 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 Afri if it's not African menswear designers, surely at least then African designers, or at least then some sort of. You just never have a top ten, and I think that we care about your top ten because that will maybe influence some of us who are looking up to say, what is it that Edgy likes about those, those li you know that brand or that or this or that. So it's been really nice talking to you. Um, we're going to definitely pick your mind again. Uh, we will have you obviously next week, um, uh, with your echoes from New York, but all the best and, uh, we will be in touch. Thank you for Before joining I us. Leave, 
before I leave, there's a, there's a designer that I think African designers could look at. His name is Neil Barrett. It's a British designer that lives in Italy. His work is really, really good. And I think we can look at it and gain some insight. Mm, very nice. Very yes. nice. Thank you for that, Edgy. Have a lovely day. Thank you, guys. Have Thank a you, Edgy. Okay, bye. Bye. That was Edgy. What do you think about his uh, feedback? And this Neil Barrett, who I'm actually looking at, has like some really cool stuff. Um, Lean, what are your thoughts? Again, it's important that we take inspiration from everywhere. I am fascinated by the fact, I didn't know that there was a menswear um, fashion week happening in New York right now as well. So that's pretty cool. Mm. And it just shows how the industry is growing throughout the world. Mm. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm starting to feel like maybe I should maybe start also like my little menswear pieces because it seems like <laughs> such a trend. But, um, anyway, I think, uh, Edge is cool for just giving us, um, some sort of overview from that side of the world. And, uh, we'll definitely look forward uh, to more conversations with him and see, uh, what is happening. I'm just looking forward to a few more pictures and some more feedback on, um, menswear week in Cape Town. But before we go on with our conversation, we're just going to plug in Nicola Cooper, our senior trend analyst with the trend report. Nicola, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Liz. How are, How are you? you? I'm great, thank you. I'm enjoying Cape Town very much. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that, but um, it's very, <laughs> it's very good to know that you're there and that you are going to be present. And hopefully you will be as close as the runway, meaning that you will have one of those front row seats to look at everything and then share with us again what you really think was on and what was not. <laughs> yep, I have been very lucky to be sitting front row um, for the opening night of Men's Wear Week. Um, and already right off the bat, there's been such incredible designs coming through. Who are you excited about? What have you seen that was just like, oh, wow, like really we are like on another level. What are you excited about or what have you seen that was just mind-blowing? I have been very, very excited um, by the younger designers. Um, it's quite unusual that um, there is quite a sub substantial amount of emerging designers showing at Men's Wear Week sort of more than any other fashion weeks in the country, which is so refreshing because this newer generation comes with just such a spin on international trends and current trends, but with their own sort of flavor and attitude. So um, young designers such as Viviwe James from Pilgrim, Ineo Sarati, um, Adrian Cakers were just throwing out international trends for Autumn Winter 2016, um, rounded shoulders, exaggerated, Exaggerated silhouettes, um, exaggerated sort of sleeves where, you know, the sleeves sort of go past the actual hand. Um, trends like the, the urban nomadic, um, a lot of pattern, a lot of color. Um, it has been so vibrant that uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more. Um, there are amazing young designers coming up. One of my favorites, very controversial, Seacarp. Uh, which is more avant-garde designer. Um, and then, of course, Richard Nisi, um, Augustine, which is, 
you know, beautiful menswear. And then, of course, the, the, the regulars, you know, the staples and the more established designers. And um, is it a, is it quite a good balance? Are you do you have a, uh, are there a lot of other designers from the continent, or is it majority? Have you seen any other shows from menswear designers from across the continent? I haven't seen many shows from um, the continent. I must admit, I think it's more based on the South African designers. But I'm hoping that through sort of the the exploration and the exposure that uh, the young designers are getting from Men's Wear Week that, um, you know, designers from the continent will see it as a viable platform. Uh, I did have the pleasure of sitting next to a Zimbabwean blogger um, and radio personality last night. So there is interest from the continent. Um, however, there, there hasn't been that many designers showing. Obviously, it's the, the third uh, South African Men's Wear Week, so I'm hoping as it develops that more and more young designers or designers around the continent of Men's Wear will find it to be really, really successful platform for them. It's very cool. Hi, very Le- cool. Hi Nicola Linya, how are you? I'm well, thank you, and you, Lynn? I'm good, thank you. Can you tell us who's attending these shows with such a um, female-dominated industry. Are there lots of men who are coming to watch? Yes, there are lots of men. And the interesting thing about Men's Wear Week is through uh, Simon and, and Jen Denier, who founded SA Men's Week, um, they have quite a large throw in terms of um, sort of capital in, in the fashion industry worldwide. So there are um, individuals from WGSN, which is a inter- international trend company. Um, we have a lot of buyers coming, which is the best thing for a fashion week because, mm-hmm. you know, they will pick up young designers and produce garments rather than designers just so- showing as a marketing ploy. Um, this is a real platform where you can actually make money from it. So buyers, media, um, industry professionals, um, and uh, obviously a few celebrities, but it's not really like any other fashion week in South Africa where it's more dominated by female celebrities or the public. It's just really direct. <laughs> yeah, it's really directed at the the industry uh, the as a whole. Mm. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that there are buyers, and I, I'm also happy to yes. hear that there's actually not just local buyers, but quite uh, a diverse group of buyers from all over the place. So we, yes. yes, so we definitely look forward to to seeing or to hearing. I will watch your tweets to see what else is exciting you as you continue um, your time in Cape Town for menswear, and. Um, yes. Yes, and we will uh, touch base with you again uh, next week. All the best. Um, and may the best menswear designer get a buyer. <laughs> well, um, if you want to follow um, a little bit about Menswear Week, I'm sort of doing a running commentary via Twitter um, at my handle, at Nicola Coop. So, you know, as the show is happening, I'm generally um, documenting what I'm seeing. So hopefully you'll be in there with me, Liz. Yes. <laughs> In spirit, yes, we will be there. Okay, <laughs> we will be there. Thank you so much, Nicola. It's a pleasure. Have a Have lovely a day. day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you, guys. That was Nicola Cooper with the Trend Report. Uh, well, her little report. She's in Cape Town, obviously. And uh, I'm starting to feel a bit jealous because Lynn is also rushing there. But I'm just happy that we have the Men's Wear Week, and I'm happy that this is the second year. And it already sounds like it's uh, going to definitely be a successful um, show uh, or week. And then we'll look forward to the next one next year, but it's a good thing. Um Liz, I wanted to actually ask Nicola, um, just to touch on this. Have you noticed that at the Fashion Week, even with the, the women's wear, they always have the shows in the evening. And so there's no opportunity for us to get that natural light, you know, candid <laughs> streetwear photography. Yes, yes. I yes. think that it's so interesting. Is that what you're looking forward to? Well, yes, because that's how outfits are planned, you know. So, so you feel like putting everything in the evening is not really giving us the whole experience yes, of the brands and 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 everything else. Exactly, because there's a lot of inspiration that comes from streetwear as well, and I think that you capture that the best during the day when people are in their most natural form. Crossing the street in their sneakers and so forth, just very relaxed. But maybe someone can give us an answer. You know, as Nicola was speaking, um, I wonder. I mean, like, I don't know what it is about shows in the evening, but I wonder if things will change. And obviously, sometimes it's nice to voice out our um, opinions and maybe our um, proposals, just so that people can actually see the other angle to it. I'm just no. I just remember, or oh, I'm just used to going to Fashion Week in the evening. So I, I've never thought about it in the middle of the day or like in the morning. And if if they did, who, who would go? That's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> but I mean, even on a Saturday. But I do understand that <laughs> the industry people need to go to the office in the day and so forth. I get that Monday Not to even, Friday, but I even don't even on a know Saturday. Office. But I don't even know if it's office. I just think generally fashion industry people are people who may work late at night. I've seen it, especially with designers. Mm-hmm. Uh, work more late at night and uh, tech take it easy in the daytime and, you know, sleep in. And I know that. I know for sure. So I don't know who's going to the office at eight um, and then saying, sorry, I'm on my eight to five and I can only make it to the shows in the evenings. But it would be interesting to actually see that whole, uh, some shows in the day. And mm-hmm. maybe more specifically, I think if there are streetwear designers who want to say, go to Bramfontein to actually have their show there mm-hmm. in the daytime, it could make sense. Yeah. I think it's also about the aesthetic of each um Brand or designer, because obviously you don't want to put a well-tailored suit on the... Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a free world. We can do what we want to do. So, wow. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, another favorite designer of mine is... Uh, menswear designer is Rich Mnisi. Have you seen his stuff? And what do you think about his stuff? I don't know the designer. Okay. Where is he from? <laughs> He's from here. <laughs> He's from here. We've watched. Uh, we've watched Rich start his journey right here like yesterday and not literally yesterday but his stuff is amazing when you have a chance um check his work out but i think he's he's brilliant i think it's just brilliant um so um we are definitely uh having this conversation on menswear uh without our main man in the in the studio today uh who i think is also in cape town um, and, uh, we look forward to just kind of seeing who's, what's cool, um, in that menswear space. Um, where do you see, um, 
You've been obviously working a lot in the U.S. Uh, you've also worked a lot in the U.K. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to prints, uh, one comment that Edgy made was that, you know, we need to just have, uh, we, we need to take it easy because what we're used to or what we're familiar with here when it comes to prints and colors um, is a bit, maybe a bit overwhelming for the global community to just take in. What are your thoughts on that? And what is so different? Because one of the things I know for sure is color is, 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 I think like, for example, the Asian market is very big on color. Um, but you know, again, it's how you put your product together. Um, print is also common everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the comment he made to has some truth to it, but then I also just thought it's something we could just discuss briefly and, and you tell me what you think is so scary because what I'm now seeing with a lot of African designers is we're no longer at that stage where clothes are screaming and you, you're going to die. People have actually realized that you've got to give these prints and colors in little doses, in little accents, make them, you know, make, put them in, 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 present them in a very small, minute way, uh, that allows the rest of the, um, global community to actually take it in easier what are your thoughts with this whole don't scream too loud (laughs) mode i think that it's a very interesting topic so we discussed this during one of my lectures and it came up because um stella mccartney has a division that makes bags in africa and they are typically african and one of the girls was saying that she has no issue with Supporting the initiative, but it's too much for her to walk around with an, a bag that has an African print that's loud like that. And I completely understand it because we see it every day. So, <laughs> so we're, used to, we're used to it. Yes. For, for, for Europeans and Americans who don't necessarily come across that all the time, it's a bit much to see these prints and these colors. Um, and especially when people wear them together, it's just like, it's a lot, it's a lot. And, and there are only certain people who can pull that off. So yes, I do think that we need to start off small with, you know, little trims <laughs> and little buttons, and then people will grasp onto it from there. So we have the, we have the interest but we just need to ease people into it. <laughs> Would you, are you comfortable wearing print? I from head to toe or are you also Not from head to toe. I, I struggle to mix prints. So, you know, people, the designer who I was talking about earlier, Chu from Chulap, that's who I was talking about. So he, he's typical style identity is mixing prints from head to toe and he looks amazing all the time. Like, he is the one person who I knows who pulls it off really well, but he's Asian, so maybe that explains it. Um, but when you say prints, is it more like flo- is it lines, florals? What like is it a whole mix of different colors and textures of things? No, because like- he gets the recipe right. So you know, with prints, you have to mix certain elements together. So if you're gonna do straight lines in the top, do straight lines in the bottom as well. You know, the designs need to talk to each other. Not just one, (laughs) one big mesh of whatever. We've heard that before. Um, there's another very interesting designer, um, brand called Orange Culture. Have you heard of it? I have. I have. And I think their stuff is also very cool because for me, what it is, is as much as, um, Edgy was making his comment about the print and I understand what he's saying. 
Um, I'm starting to feel like it could be maybe sort of the way that you present it into the market. It could be who's wearing your brand because even if people thought it looked kind of clownish, if if one of the big personalities are wearing it and wearing it really well, then people normally, you know, you change mindsets through so many different strategies. And that's why I'm saying, I think gone are the days of saying, oh, sorry, enter the market slowly without your color. I think personally, I'm a lover of print. I'm a lover of color. And I don't know how to excuse myself and I don't know how to down. No, seriously, I don't know how to downplay it. Mm -hmm. But what I find interesting is like a lot of women will come to the showroom and say, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do those prints. But then they'll be like, but who, what are you wearing? I'm like, it's, this is, this is it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that people have become more open minded. Orange culture stuff is very heavily texturized, I think. And, um, Adebayo, uh, who's the guy behind or the creative director uh, behind Orange Culture has been designing since the age of 10, apparently, and also officially entering fashion, uh, a fashion industry. He's actually been dabbed in writing and styling and working with designers, actors, pop stars, and even magazines like Rita Dominique, Tiwa Savage, and all the other people. So my thing is, if somebody saw uh, a really busy sprint, maybe even you, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm challenging you, but if you saw Tilda Savage in a very cool, cool head-to-toe print, extremely extraordinaire, and she wears it well, you, you might think about taking a risk. And that's very true. It is about who's wearing it. And if you see someone who's pulling it off really well, sometimes, yes, it, it does happen to me. I think... Maybe I should try that. And then I go home and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, and we need to rethink again. But it's definitely about the attitude mm. that gets carried with mm. um, and things like that. Yes. yes. No, I've also been in that space where I'm like, I wouldn't wear this. But anyway, I think it's so cool. But, um, you know, Lynn, for our uh, for how can we how can people get in touch with you um, if they want to contact you as a fashion um uh, as a fashion head or a person who works in the fashion space, including uh, media consultation, how can people contact you? Twitter, Instagram, website? So my Twitter and Instagram handles are Miss underscore Lynn Jazzy, L-Y-N-N-J-A-Z-Z-Y. And then you can contact me on Lynn.Jazmar, J-A-S-M-A-R at gmail.com. There will be a big launch for... LynnJazzy.com, but that will happen during Fashion Week in London, so you will definitely know about it. When is that happening again? That's happening on the 21st of February. Hmm. Congratulations. It's been so nice having you on the show. We are now in our last segment called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? <laughs> and and uh, because it's just the two of us, we'll just have to brave it out, and maybe you're going to go first, and uh, I will finish up so i'm going to stick with the running theme for the day because i feel so bad about um forgetting his name earlier <laughs> i would want to dress chu from true love only because i think that he's amazing and i love what he does but um i want to dress him in what i would call normal clothes so something that's a non-print just so that i can see what he <laughs> looks like outside of what he normally does interesting I would want to dress Tiwa Savage now that we actually spoke about it. Uh, she's a Nigerian musician and um, she's really gutsy and I've seen her really cross borders when it comes to her style aesthetic and what she can wear and how she wears them and how she just explores 
the world with them. So I feel, um, obviously, yes, we're talking menswear, but I think Tila Savage. Um, otherwise, uh, for our listeners who are listening, thank you for joining in. Uh, keep your tweets coming. We're on Fashion Lab AF and, uh, you can insta us on Fashion Lab Africa. Um, share with us also your thoughts and what type of topics you feel we could be able to dissect in our lab that could add value to your fashion journey or your fashion business. Thank you for joining us. Um, uh, and obviously www.fashionlabafrica.com is where we hold it down when we are not here at the studio. So reach out to us. Otherwise, have a beautiful day. Peace and love. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com.